1: Yes, it is. And welcome back as we head into our three, our final hour this week together, uh, June 18th, 602 Open line Friday, open line hour, anything on your mind. 602-5080-960. Great to start off the hour with Big John in Peoria. Hey, Big John, how are you, man?
0: I'm doing great, my friend. How about yourself?
1: Well, I, I, yeah, listen, I was uh, privileged enough to have won the lottery by being born in this country. What can I say, man?
0: And here, I want to give you kudos like I do every single time. Thank God you're on the air because you truly are an educator and you keep us informed and enlightened, I should
1: You're say. very kind. I, I, I say the same to y'all. Thank you very much. We do it together.
0: Thank you, sir. That's very nice of you, and you have great bumper music. Yes, too, thank then. you.
1: I finally someone said it. They didn't call in with a suggestion. They said, "Seth, you're doing just fine." Thank you, Big John.
0: No, that that bumper music is just stupendous. Thank my you, friend. sir. Thank stupendous. you. Thank you. Yeah, uh, a couple of things here, Seth. Um, first of all, I agree with with uh, last uh, one of the last callers stating that. We're always on the defensive. Why don't we try to play, uh, some of the Republicans try to play offense for a change. Uh, and also, did you note how smug, I don't know if you saw that, uh, when I think it was, it wasn't Tom Cotton, it was one of the other representatives. And he was pretty good. He was trying to do the best. thing. Yeah, he there can, were a couple of them.
1: Him. Yeah, that's right. There were two. I didn't play the other one. But yes, he followed up on the... Uh Indiana one, right.
0: But that admiral was so damn smug. Yes, he was. You know what, I hate that when people are smug like that. You bet. Especially when he asked that last question. Well, I don't know the context, Bob. The way he was sitting there so smug. And I, I, I wish one of them would have said, hey, listen, I'm a representative. You work for me. It's not the other way around. I know. You know, I work for my people, and you are supposed to answer to me. You should have dressed them down. They're the only people that probably can dressed down somebody that's that smug and ignorant
1: he was extremely smug you're absolutely right the arrogance was incredible
0: yeah it was dripping now here's where here's my main point another another just ugly hypocritical they think they're better uh there's so so much you know it's like they have so much more virtue than say oh the right wing right wing me they all call it right wing like tucker and everybody like uh uh yourself and anybody that's on uh, radio oh right wing this right but look at it they went at paul gosar again they brought his family on one of these damn reporters from cnn brought his family again to you know to dig into the family wounds i don't know if you saw that or not
1: i have and, I and i've seen comments. the ads during the election season and i think it's beneath contempt I think it's beneath contempt. Yeah, they just did it again. They I don't did it know again. anything about his relatives. They have never submitted themselves to the public record uh, or to a vote. I have. I don't. I. I don't even know where they live. But I don't think most of them are here, uh, telling Arizonans what to do about their own elected congressman. Um, I. I really think it's beneath contempt. I. I was watching a – John, I was watching – I think it was Showtime did a series on the Reagans, on Ronald Reagan. And I think it was like a six- or seven-part series that came out earlier in the year. And they interviewed Ron Reagan Jr., the son, a ton, who had nothing but contempt for his dad's policies and his presidencies. You can do that. Or you could go to just as equally his other son, Michael, who did support his dad. Or you could just go to experts and leave the kids out of it because they don't have that much out of personal vignettes to tell us. No one voted for Ron Reagan Jr. Same thing with Paul Gosar's family.
0: Yeah, but the thing that they do that's even uglier – is they bring in like family matters, like saying he's crazy and stuff like that. It, not not just basically talking about or disagreeing with his policy, but like smearing him as an individual. Uh, uh, that's what that's what this guy was doing. I, I, am I right? Do you think in my uh, analysis of what was done there?
1: Yeah, I do think that, and it, it just it's 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 odd because. How do I say this charitably? It's odd because um, Paul Gosar and his constituents are probably going to pay zero interest or zero attention to any of that. And there's this thing CNN has that's kind of an allergy where they think a anti- uh, a local anti-Republican story has national implications, or they'll try and make them have national implications, which is to say, you know, Paul Gosar is a hero to many in Arizona, and for sure, uh, he's not that well-known outside of Arizona. He, you know, for better or worse, some congressmen are, some congressmen aren't. He is known. He's not that well-known outside of Arizona in a sense that uh, – you know some other congressman might be someone like maybe andy's a little more well known outside of arizona exactly yeah so i i why they're making this a national story about non-arizonans i mean if you're cnn you have one job which is to you know scour the earth to find something that can be anti-conservative or anti-american and i guess if you scour closely enough you find uh you know, you find you find you find a congressman here and there whose family you can find also saying negative things about him. I say shame on the family and say sh- and shame on CNN.
0: I agree, Seth. I agree. Hey, listen, when we going to do a Korean barbecue? You say you don't. Uh, that's the only disagreement I think we've got. on Korean
1: barbecue. <laughs> I know. we got to figure it out. And and you've got to guarantee to me that it's not just going to be some facsimile of a wok cooking experience that has nothing no, to do no, with barbecue. No, 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 no.
0: This, this is a real grill on the table, my friend. And, bar- and they do okay. have brisket, too. All
1: right. And how long do you grill the meat for?
0: Uh, It's it's shaved into nice thin pieces. So it's like three or four minutes on each side, and they have beautiful dipping sausages.
1: All right, Big John, if that's what you want to leave your legacy with us on this Friday afternoon, they have we great dipping sauces. <laughs> they have great dipping sauces, Big John. I don't want to hear about yeah, barbecue sure. that takes three to five minutes. I want to hear about barbecue, John, that takes three to five hours.
0: Well, okay. Well, well I, you'll have to So see. I'm thinking
1: we're talking our partner. backyards at this point. Yes. I will make the vein Very in my general tip. manager's forehead pop a little bit or, th- or, or thrum, that's a good word, thrum, a little bit by saying we should have a summer barbecue party. We should have a non-sponsored 960. <laughs> that's the problem we get into when we say it's sponsored by the station. So let me make it clear. The station will not sponsor the barbecue party we're going to have together sometime this summer. But, you know, if we're going to talk barbecue, we need to do this in... Counts of hours, John, Big John, not counts of minutes. Um, Progressivism, winning over. I don't know how many of you – I have been doing this. It's a little bit to the chagrin of my producer. He doesn't love it. But I've been playing a little Bill Maher here and there because I have been fascinated by what he has had to say. There is nothing like the zeal of a convert. I don't know if we're going to get him. He still has to uh, put the requisite anti-conservative, anti-Republican, anti-Trump talking points in his monologues because he still is a liberal. But boy, when he talks about the big things, you wonder how much of a liberal he still is. That's really the question. You can call yourself a liberal. You may not be a liberal. Someone can call themselves Napoleon. It doesn't make him so. How did Leo Strauss put it? He said, uh, the man who, something like, the man who is Napoleon and the insane man who thinks he is may have different claims to the truth, but one of them could be right. <laughs> one of them could be right. In Bill Maher's case, he may call himself a liberal. I don't know if he is anymore. And if you're a liberal in name only, um, That's, to me, good for conservatism, just as conservatives or Republicans in name only are good for liberals and Democrats. We'll talk about that more on the other side of the break. It's some audio, if you haven't heard, I think you're going to really like. And uh, as we are going to break, let me put in a word for our sponsor, Cool Touch, for all your air conditioning needs. They do plumbing, too. My gosh, they do it all. But Cool Touch AC Air Conditioning, that's the company I use that's the company my friends use and they have a great promotion they're doing right now with a air conditioning unit that's it's effectively like a dimmer switch so you you don't have to have your air conditioning unit turning on and off constantly. You can get just the right percentage of air conditioning, which leaves you living with the coolest environment possible and the biggest and highest amount of savings possible. It's a system that eliminates pain and surprise with their signature famous customer service. They're also offering a $2,000 rebate on this amazing system. Reach my friends at CoolTouch at 623-734-1932 or visit them at CoolTouchAC.com and tell them Seth sent you. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. 602 508 I was talking about Bill Maher. Some of you have heard some of it, maybe not all of it. His monologue. This is uh, the fourth in about a row where he has taken on progressive shibboleths, and uh, I wanted you to hear this. It's uh, boy, I'll tell you. I, if, if 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 a if a if a if a convert to conservatism is a liberal who is mugged by reality, um, this this could be a description of Bill Maher. Listen to this.
2: The Friends reunion. We just had looked weird, because if you even suggested a show today about six people, all of whom were straight and white, the network would laugh you out of the room and then cancel you on Twitter. And yet there is a recurrent theme on the far left that things have never been worse. Kevin Hart expressed a view many hold when he told The New York Times you're witnessing white power and white privilege at an all-time high. This is one of the big problems with wokeness, that what you say doesn't have to make sense or jibe with the facts or ever be challenged, lest the challenge itself be conflated with racism. But saying white power and privilege is at an all-time high is just ridiculous. Higher than a century ago, the year of the Tulsa Race Massacre, Higher than the years when the KKK rode unchecked and Jim Crow went unchallenged? Higher than the 1960s when the Supremes and Willie Mays still couldn't stay in the same hotel as the white people they were working with? Higher than during slavery? And I mean actual slavery, not Prince doesn't like his record contract slavery. (laughs) Racism is still, unfortunately, still with us. We have the footage. In policing, housing, job discrimination, segregated schools, wealth inequality, the legacy of injustice sadly lives on and demands remedial action. I understand, as best I can, how racism singes a person's soul so much that they might see it everywhere. But seeing clearly is necessary for actually fixing problems. And clearly, racism is simply no longer everywhere It's not in my home, and it probably isn't in yours, if I read my audience right, and I think I do. For most of the country, the most unhip thing you could ever be today is a racist. Even Derek Chauvin was not backed up by his fellow officers, and that never used to happen. The low point of race relations wasn't Kim Kardashian wearing cornrows, (laughs) even though it happened on Snapchat and George Wallace standing in a doorway didn't. Because here's the thing, kids. There actually was a world before you got here. (laughs) We date human events, A.D. and B.C., but we need a third marker for millennials and Gen Z. B.Y., before you. (laughs) It's telling that in a recent Harvard youth poll of Americans between 18 and 29... 72% of blacks said they were hopeful about the future of America, as compared to only 46% of whites. I'm not surprised. There are a hell of a lot of Americans trying really hard these days to embrace a new spirit of inclusion and self-reflection. And this progressive allergy to acknowledging societal advances is self-defeating. Because progress and hope that we can achieve it is the product we're selling And having a warped view of reality leads to policies that are warped. Black-only dorms and graduation ceremonies, a growing belief in whiteness as a malady and white people as irredeemable, giving up on a colorblind society. Only if you believe we've made no progress does any of that make sense. I can name some things that actually are worse than they've ever been before, like the environment and homelessness in L.A., and the prospects for maintaining an actual democracy in america but where progress has been made it's not a sin and it's certainly not inaccurate to say we've come a long way baby not mission accomplished just a long way yeah
1: yeah and his his monologue the, the week prior was about higher education and the scam that is that we can talk about that too but what's interesting glenn Reynolds. Who uh, is a law professor and the Insta, uh, Instapundit blog uh, author? He was he was writing the other day that the death of George Floyd has been used. It's been used to push a vast array of unrelated racial policies, including the defunding of the police and the teaching of less left wing critical race theories that blames every ill in society, even violence by blacks against other blacks on white supremacy. That's what's happened uh, over the past year. In Baltimore, defunding police has led to an outright tax revolt among businesses, see no reason to pay good money to a city that doesn't consider them worthy of protection. In other states, you've seen entire police units resign, as you did last night. In Oregon. Meanwhile, in places like the famed Thomas Jefferson High School in Fairfax County, Virginia, perhaps known as the best public high school in America, a slate of parents are opposing critical race theory there, and they won election to the board. One of those candidates, Harry Jackson, the first black man elected to the board, denounced how critical race theory is teaching that white people are inherently racist. Yes, you have a black man fighting that principle. Good. Good. You are starting to see more and more videos of parents as well as students taking their boards and district leadership on. Good. Good. You know, it just takes a handful to start this, and then it provides cover and respect for everyone else. If not respect, at least cover. At least cover. Because at the end of the day, it should not be hard to explain to your fellow citizens what it means when your schools, when your teachers, when anyone is talking rot. It just shouldn't be that hard. And it isn't. People have been scared. People have been cowed. That's what the problem is. But they're not anymore. They're not anymore. They're finding new venues. And they're summoning what they were taught as children, which wasn't just history but more importantly decency more important than history, they have been talking decency six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero It's open line Friday. your show. let me put in a word for my good friend Solar Sandy. if you're thinking of ditching those. Utility bills and going solar. Solar Sandy's the one you want to call. She's actually figured out how to truly zero out your power bill. It's so important when going solar, you do it the right way. And Solar Sandy is the right way. She has the formula. And if you sign up now, she'll pay your power bills and your solar panel payments for your first year. And you will receive a $1,000 bonus at signing. Win, win, win. To get started, go to AskSolarSandy.com. Or call her at 623-850-8229. That's AskSolarSandy.com. And tell her Seth sent you. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. One of the parents uh, I was describing that is uh, making a lot of the rounds here on social media, thank God, is a father out of Illinois named Ty Smith. Did you hear him last Friday? blasting the critical race theory curriculum at his children's school listen to this
3: when you talk about critical race theory which is pretty much going to be teaching kids how to hate each other how to dislike each other that's pretty much what it's going to to all come down to you're going to deliberately teach kids this white kid right here got it better than you because he's white you're going to personally tell a white kid Oh, the black people are all down and suppressed. How do I have two medical degrees if I'm sitting here oppressed? How do I get, so up, only got five minutes, got five minutes, two medical degrees. No mom, no dad in the house. Work my way through college. Sat there and hustled my butt off to get through college. You gonna tell me somebody looked like all y'all white folks kept me from doing that? Are you serious? Not one white person ever came to me and said, well, son, you're never going to be able to get nowhere because you know the black people. But guess what? What's sickening about this whole thing is what y'all are doing right now is already something I do in my community right now to speak out against it. Because black folks are getting told by other black folks, oh, you know you ain't going to be able to do nothing out there in the world because them white folks ain't going to let you get no." Oh, you know you're not going to be able to do be it here because you know, the, white, the, the white man, the white man going to keep you down. Well, how did I get where I am right now if some white man kept me down? How am I now directing over folks that look just like you guys in this room right now? How? What, what what kept me down? What oppressed me? I worked for myself from off the streets to where I am right now. You gonna sit here and tell me this lie of critical race theory? Of this 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 the reason why black folks can't get ahead because of white folks? Are you kidding me? This is what we come to now. I can't believe we even talking about this right now. The last thing I'm gonna say right here is something that's crazy. Martin Luther King said he wanted his kids to grow up in a world where they are judged by the contents of their what? Their character. Not their skin. If they let letting this stuff go on right now, it is absolutely doing the complete reverse of what he's doing. So when February comes, don't talk about Martin Luther King. When February comes, don't talk about black kids. The mother dog will sit there and just pee, pee on his grave with this nonsense. That's exactly what's about to happen. Lastly, we are talking about our kids. We are talking about our children. What's so sickening about me? I love the Discovery Channel. You will see that on the Discovery Channel, animals will put their lives on the line to protect their children children from danger. Yeah. Nobody want to get to the heart of the matter, get to the meat of the matter, get to more moral of the story. It all comes down to it. The person that's going to be suffering from this, the one's going to be hurt from this is the kids. Yeah. Ten years from now, if this stuff goes on, whose fault is it going to be? Whose fault is it going to be? Who are we going to look back on and blame for this? Because this is stuff we talking about right now. This stuff is going on right now. I do this stuff on a daily basis. I'm in the hood. I'm in the communities. I'm out there with folks in their face. I've been doing stuff since I was 18 years old, talking to black folks. And you know what? None of them are buying this nonsense. None of them are. But if you want to implement this into the school system, I guarantee you, to the day that I die, I'm going to be the very person right there debunking stuff, tearing stuff down, letting them know they can do exactly what I did and get exactly where I am by putting themselves to work and getting there. And not one white person ever don't keep any of them from getting there. Amen. Amen.
1: More like that. But you know what's interesting about what he said in invoking Martin Luther King? It's so interesting to me. We were speaking earlier of Ibram Kendi and his book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, and how it's on the recommended reading list for the uh, sailors in the U.S. Navy. And one of the interesting things about that book is he says the exact opposite of what that doctor said. He writes that since the 1960s, racist power has commandeered the term racial discrimination or transforming the act of discriminating on the basis of race into an inherently racist act. But if racial discrimination is defined as treating, considering or making a distinction in favor against an individual based on that person's race – then racial discrimination is not inherently racist. Do you understand what he's doing here? He's turning Martin Luther King's position on its head, saying that it is now important to discriminate racially, which is why that congressman said to the admiral... What do you say to his sentence where he finishes in that paragraph that the only remedy to racist discrimination is anti-racist discrimination? When it is now racist to invoke non-discrimination, when it is now racist to invoke color blindness, as Kennedy said, color blindness invoking it, is a form of discrimination, not only do we fear speaking because it makes no sense that we would be racist, we who quote Martin Luther King in the Civil Rights Act— But beyond that, beyond that, I want you to think about what it would be like if Ibram Kendi weren't himself a black man and he told us it was racist to say we were judging people by the content of their character. Do you know what the implication of that is? The implication of that is is that we are ignoring judging them by their race, which if a white person said would be a crime if it were in employment, and it should be a crime if we're in the realm of morality. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Jenny Beth Martin has it right. Last Saturday, former President Donald Trump released a statement that said, have you noticed that they're now admitting I was right about almost everything they lied about before the election? The statement went on to list specific points, ranging from the efficacy of hydroxychloroquine as a treatment for COVID-19, to the Russian bounty story, to the need to reopen schools. He was right on all of them, and so were we. He was right, and they were right, about the efficacy of hydroxychloroquine as a treatment for COVID-19. A new study, quote, found that the anti-malarial drug hydroxychloroquine, along with zinc, could increase the coronavirus survival rate by as much as nearly 200 percent if distributed at higher doses, to ventilated patients with a severe version of the illness. Close quote. Big tech should not have canceled and should not continue to cancel those who tout or want to study further its potential benefits. We were right about the origins, origins of the COVID nineteen virus. When even liberal icon John Stewart chooses to joke about the origin, origins of the virus and mock those who insist it was born naturally when a pangolin kissed a turtle. You know you've hit pay dirt. We were right about Hunter Biden, President Biden's son. As a recent New York Post article reported in 2015, Hunter brought his then vice president father to a dinner at Washington's Cafe Milano with Ukrainian, Russian, and Kazakhstani business associates. We were right about blue state lockdowns, they didn't work. As Victor Jex wrote, from coronavirus deaths to unemployment rate to vaccination distribution, states led by Republican governors have outperformed states run by Democrats. We were right about the need to reopen schools. Right from the start, we noted the very small chance that school-aged children could be severely affected by the coronavirus, and we argued that the damage done by masking and then pulling children out of class was greater than the risk of contracting the virus. And it took the CDC until January of this year to acknowledge that. As NPR reported, quote, data from K-12 schools that reopened for in-person instruction in the fall show little evidence that schools contributed meaningfully to the spread of COVID-19. The overview from the CDC and uh, Center for Disease Control and Prevention, authored by three of its scientists, represents the clearest view year of the facts behind what has become a heated debate over when and how schools could reopen. We were right about critical race theory being a disaster for our schools. As Dan Hanninger wrote in the Wall Street Journal, a core goal of the American founding was to mitigate the imposition of ideas by factions without first running them through the democratic process, such as elected school boards. With these beyond debate, race-based ideological ideological impositions on K-12 students. The left is risking dangerous divisions in U.S. society, not least adrift into a kind of psychological resegregation. We were right about Mr. Trump's southern border security strategy. All one needs to do to see the proof of that is look at the crisis we have when it was undone. We were right. Mr. Trump was right. And if they lied to you about all that stuff, what else are they lying to you about? The cost of lies, what is it? Is it that we won't recognize the truth any longer at all? Or is it that people will get hurt, people that will get killed? I've heard Dennis go off on an important point having to do with things we were told scientists could not study in response to the coronavirus, whether it was – Hydroxychloroquine with various regimens, including zinc and ivermectin, or any number of things. People likely died. People likely died, and there will be no accounting for it. Zero. Zero accounting for it. One of the um, one of the interesting debates that. I uh, brought up up a little bit in my monologue is the debate over the uh, federal holiday of uh, what we're calling Juneteenth, and I listened to a lot of talk radio today, and a lot of people were, shall we say, if not in favor of the idea, um, against it. And the idea being that it supplants the actual federal holiday that it should represent, which is the 4th of July or our Independence Day. One could look at all of our federal holidays in a way, all of our national federal holidays, which now we have 11 and think that in some way or another they are uniquely um, practicable here and practicable here uh, because we are America, because we had a July 4th. Um, That would include such things as other federal holidays like Memorial Day or Labor Day or Veterans Day. We only have those holidays because we had July 4th, but we don't really think of those holidays as taking away from Independence Day any more than we think of George Washington's birthday or Presidents' Day or Martin Luther King's birthday as taking away from it. One of the reasons so many of us liked Martin Luther King or argued for the holiday in his on his behalf was because of how much he too Liked our founding, because of how much he too liked our Declaration of Independence, because of how much he too liked the Fourth of July, which is why he gave his most famous of speeches in front of the Lincoln Memorial and invoked the Declaration so much as he did. So I don't, I don't particularly find Juneteenth supplanting any of it. What I'm hoping, as I said in my monologue, and we can speak more about it if you like, what I'm hoping is that the honoring of Juneteenth, which takes you back to Abraham Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation, which is based on the Declaration of Independence and Frederick Douglass's understanding of the Constitution, what I'm hoping is it will supplant not Independence Day, but the Black Lives Matter movement. That's my hope. That's my pitch. And if it gets more people to study what Lincoln did and if it gets more people to appreciate what the majority of Americans were doing in the 1850s and 60s, it's a better thing for our country. Thank you for spending some of your afternoon with us, some of your week with us. It means a ton. I was just talking about Juneteenth, which uh, brings up the, um, which is a commemoration of the Emancipation Proclamation being reified, ultimately in freeing the last of slavery in Texas, last of the slaves in Texas. And one of the interesting progressive efforts has been and you'll see it here and there now to diminish the importance of the Emancipation Proclamation and how it only, you, know, freed the slaves where it didn't matter, which is nonsense, nonsense. It's ahistorical. Let me give you John Stuart Mill writing at the time, if I may, and we'll conclude with this. I think he has as good a claim on understanding our history as modern progressive idiots. The present government of the United States is not an abolitionist government, John Stuart Mill wrote. Abolitionists in America mean those who do not keep with the Constitution, who demand the destruction of as much of it as protects the internal legislation of each state from the control of Congress. We should keep that in mind when we think about SR1, whose aim at abolishing slavery, whatever it exists by force, if need be, but certainly by some other power than the constituted authorities of the slave states. The Republican Party neither aims nor professes to aim at this object. And when we consider the flood of wrath, which would have been poured out against them if they did by the very writers who taunt them with not doing it, we shall be apt to think the taunt a little misplaced. But though not an abolitionist party, they are a free soil party. If they have not taken arms against slavery, they have against its extension. And they know, as we may know, that this amounts to the same thing. The day when slavery can no longer extend itself is the day of its doom. The slave owners know this, and this is the cause of their fury. For they know As all know, who have attended to the subject, that confinement within existing limits is slavery's death warrant. Don't let people tell you the Emancipation Proclamation didn't do anything, my God. Folks, God bless you all. Have a great weekend. Until Monday, God bless and class dismissed.